Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. As we saw, and as you can verify when you look up into the sky tonight, there's objects out there and there's space. That's basically what the world consists of. And the two dimensions are within you. And humans have become lost in one. So we are here to realize that dimension. It cannot be realized in the future. It cannot be made into an object of a search. Because it's here now. The moment you're looking for it, you create a future. Now, what is future? It's a thought form. Apart from that, there is no future except as a thought form. cannot come except as now. So it's now the arising of space consciousness or the realization of space consciousness is here now. For example, it happens when you acknowledge not only the words that you hear. Acknowledge simply means pay attention. Notice. Just as noticing here, there are two dimensions just the same as when you look up into the sky at night, you will find there are two dimensions. There are the words here and there's a silent space or stillness. in which the words happen.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to American Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and that was the wonderful Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, on Monique Rhodes' album. Eckhart has a new book out, everyone, called The New Earth, and it's quite an interesting read. It's deep. It's definitely for folks who are either awakened or are saying, I am ready to get awakened. Can somebody tell me something that makes some sense? (laughs) Well, I hope today finds you well, and I hope you heard my interview with Ainsley McLeod, who's got his new book out on April 8th, basically about the soul's journey. And um, I just loved Ainsley because he I think he opened up a portal of um, deeper thinking and acceptance as to why our our lives unfold the way that they do. And so Ainsley will take you on a intriguing journey about the soul and why we feel the way we do, what's going on, uh, why are certain people in our lives, what does it mean. He's got endorsements from songwriter and singer songtress India Ari, Dr. Oz, Martha Beck, Oprah Winfrey, and they've all basically really, really looked at Ainsley's work and have found um, a very big portal, a very big opening for them. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to our show with Ainsley, please go to Blog Talk Radio and follow the show now for you to get an idea of uh, when you can tune in. The title of the book is The Old Soul's Guidebook, Who You Are, Why You're Here, and How to Navigate Life on Earth. And I'm going to be looking forward to hosting Ainsley at the Meditation Museum when he comes this way for his book tour. Today gives me great pleasure to welcome our upcoming guest, Ken Honda. Ken is a money and happiness expert best-selling author of more than, listen to this, everyone, 110 self-development books in Japan, selling more than 7 million books since 2001. His latest book is called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Ken studied law at Waseda University in Tokyo and entered the Japanese workforce as a business consultant and investor. Now, Ken's writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help, focusing on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. I love that. He's the highest-paid professional speaker in Japan, and his seminars attract over a 1,000 people to sell out audience within even an hour. Ken is the first person from Japan to be voted into the Transformational Leadership Council. It's a group of personal and professional development leaders, and I can't begin to tell you how pleased I am to welcome Ken Honda to the show. Hi, Ken. Welcome. Konnichiwa. Hello. Hello. Konnichiwa. (laughs) Uh, uh, Sister Jenna, can you hear me well? I can hear you perfectly well. Ken, I've traveled to over 92 countries. And do you know what two of my favorite countries are? Uh huh. Guess what? Would you like? Country? Would you yes, like please. to guess out of out of ninety-two countries, two of my favorite countries? One, Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow. Two, Egypt. Oh really? <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I Isn't feel that so interesting? Yeah, yes. me too. I'm looking really forward to hearing about your perspective on money because money is a big form of energy. It runs our lives, mm-hmm. or at least we think it runs our lives. We actually are supposed to run money, but right now the way that we are conditioned consciously, 
we've allowed this little piece of paper or plastic card or coins to dictate the way that we should think. So I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you so much. I, I under- feel so honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Ken, I understand that you semi-retired at the age of 29. And yes. you started a self-publishing and distributing a free booklet of essays, which actually reached more than one million people. Could you tell us a little bit about you know, what led you to pursue a, a writing career? Yes. Let me share with you about my background. My, my father was a very successful tax accountant, and he taught me everything about money. So instead of working for big corporations, which many Japanese people do, and most of my friends started working for big companies, instead I went different ways. So I started my business in my uh, very early 20s, and uh, I did consulting, accounting, investing, so I could retire at the age 29, and, which is kind of unusual in Japan too. And mm-hmm. uh, I focused on child raising for four years, and during that, I wonder if there's any way for uh, parents to live, or if, if there's any way to live a um, more happy way. And uh, I realize it has to do with money. People, I asked my friends, why don't you have a few years for your child? But I said, no, I can't do that for money. They have enough money for uh, to retire a couple of years or so, but they can't because they're so afraid if they can keep the job or if, if their money runs out. So I said, uh, why don't you um, read my essays? I wrote a few pages of essay. Um, I, all my friends liked it, so I started writing more. And um, my friends loved more copies, so I, I stapled them every day and um, give them to my friends. And one day, mm-hmm. uh, I, got, I got sore hands, and I complained to my friends. And, uh, and one of my friends said, why don't you hire a printer? So I did. And the printer came. I only wanted 200 copies, but he said the minimum is 500. That sounded like too many copies. But I said, <laughs> oh, it's okay. And he said, the typing costs money. The paper doesn't. So if you do 1,000 instead of 500, it becomes cheaper. And I said, okay, why not? And he said, Mm 1,000 and 3,000, not much difference. (laughs) I said, really? But I signed a contract. And a few weeks later, two trucks came in front of my house full of boxes. And I didn't know how many boxes 3,000 books are, uh, booklets. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I went crazy um, because um, there's no room. So I had to empty one room uh, and put all the boxes in. I was so afraid my my wife come back at, at the evening, uh, and then what would she say? You know, I can't say uh, somehow when I came home all the boxes are in here, <laughs> but those are my boxes. So I had to be honest with her, and I said, "I'm so sorry, I made mistakes um, in ordering." She was a gentle soul. She is a gentle soul. So, so he she forgave me and said. As long as you get rid of them in one month, I'm not complaining. I said, <laughs> okay. So I started giving away 10 copies to my friends and 100 to other friends. I got rid of all the boxes. And mm-hmm. it, what's interesting is that people loved my small essays. It's just a 26-page uh, booklet about, on money and happiness. 
And uh, a later um, publisher called me, and they wanted me to write a book. That is mm. the beginning of my uh, career as an author. I never thought of becoming an author in my life. I was, uh, right. I was doing con- consulting, accounting, but people love this idea of happiness and money. Ken, don't you love when we actually do something and it turns out to be a grand success when we weren't planning it? I'm still overwhelmed by what's happening in my life because I never thought I'm talented in writing. Uh, I love speaking to uh, large groups, so I think it's my mm-hmm. gift. But writing, I talk, I write as if I'm talking, so it's, mm-hmm. it's very easy. I write uh, one book every two months or three months. Well, you're inspiring me to start doing that because I do talk a lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I have somebody, um, somebody to transcribe it, and then I can edit it. So it becomes oh, a book. Yeah, makes it, oh, you need a good editor. Yes. Let's talk about your new book, Happy Money. What's mm-hmm. the difference between happy money and unhappy money? So um, as a son of a very successful tax accountant, I greeted so many uh, of his clients. When I was 10 or 12, I greeted my cli- uh, father's client and asked them, all the embarrassing questions. How is your profit doing and how is your business going? And since then, I have met so many entrepreneurs and successful people. And I realized that there are two kinds of people, one who are doing well and seem very happy, and the other one feel depressed or just they're uh, frustrated with life. And I realized that people with happy attitude tend to have happy money, which is, for example, a 10-year-old boy saved, you know, saved up enough money, allowance money, to buy roses for his mother. Mm-hmm. Or the money you make out of what you do. So the money that you receive with love and appreciation and friendship, that is happy money. On the other hand, mm-hmm. the money that you earn out of doing what you hate or um, receive in frustration, like alimony. So... If you receive in anger and frustration, that becomes unhappy money. So you can picture some friends with happy money and other friends and relatives with unhappy money. Now, would you say that the unhappy money is coming from an interpretation? Yes. And also, uh, in the context, one time I was asked to show uh, a wallet to a stranger, a woman talked to me, and she said, can I see your wallet? That's like a cultural thing in Japan. People want to see what kind of wallet I have. And she said, she took out some money out of my wallet, and she, she said, she was checking, and she said, oh, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay, and asked her what she was doing. And she said, Ken, your money is okay. That's good news. And I asked her, what mm-hmm. is it? She said, you must be making a lot of people happy. That's why your money is smiling in your wallet. And she said, mm. uh, people who are taking advantage of other people or people doing the jobs they don't like and receive money, your money is, is crying or angry. So I see mm. things that other people don't see. And I said, that's very interesting. And since then, I've been thinking, is my money smiling or not? In that sense. Wow. Wow. So what you're saying is that having a happy money mindset will promote Mm -hmm. prosperity? Yes. And 
that's also uh, something I learned from my mentor, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan. He is mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, one of the most wealthy individual investor in Japan. He was my mentor. And asked him, what are the secrets of success and money? And he, he said, there are only two things. Arigato the money when, com- when it comes in. And arigato the money when it goes out. In other mm-hmm. words, when you receive money, thank the thank money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. When the money goes out of your life, when you spend money, also say thank you. That's it. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Like very zen. And uh, I asked him, what does this mean? And he, he said, try it. Otherwise, you don't get it. And I tried it mm-hmm. for, uh, for a week or so. And I started to feel happy about anything. And he later explained to me, you cannot worry about money and appreciate about money in the, at the same moment because my mind, our mind can focus only one thing at a time. That means if you start focusing on appreciation in your life, you cannot focus on the worries of money or worries about life. So by yeah. creating the flow of appreciation and gratitude, you, without knowing, go into the flow of happy money. And since yeah. then, I've been teaching to hundreds of thousands of people, and I'm hearing incredible results. But you are in the West here in America. There tends to be more of an external approach towards the way people look at money and honor money. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times is I want more money, but nobody's passionate about how they're going to get it. Or yes. a lot of people get into a profession or into some sort of a task because mm-hmm. they sense this will bring them a lot of money. So there's still, to me, like um, a limited approach as to what money is. There are so many wealthy people today that seem to have a lot of money. I don't want to even name a few. They even run countries. Mm-hmm. But they are unhappy inside and it and it surprises us how does someone like that get so much money if they seem to be not so grateful they don't seem to be arigato uh, yeah. about money or anything but yet there is a lot of resources in their lives is there mm-hmm. a reason why that sort of abundance finds personality like that you know abundance is a very tricky thing because mm-hmm. uh, we we compare with other people without knowing so even if you're make, making, a, for example, a million dollars a year, which is a very handsome income, but uh, if you're making that kind of money, you begin to associate with friends who are making $10 million. So instead of appreciating that you're flying first class, you start uh, feeling the complaint inside that you don't own a private jet. So this, um, this greed inside is limitless. And also, we love comparing with other people. So uh, unless you focus on appreciation, you tend to focus on comparison with other um, more rich friends. And that way, you feel like something, um, you don't have something inside. So the tragedy is the wealthy people feel that they don't have enough because their friends always have more. One of my friends was complaining that he has only a helicopter. He cannot... You know, he doesn't have a private jet. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just forget how to how to appreciate, you just throw yourself into the hole of misery. And mm-hmm. the thing is uh, about the middle class too. Middle class people are also feeling like somebody's taking advantage of you 
uh, or that somebody gets ahead and they are left behind. So also you feel frustrated. And also the uh, financial challenge people, they also feel like somebody is doing a bad job or running the country or the economy. So they feel th- that they become the victim of the world. So everybody right. you know, is feeling life is unfair and, right. and, and feeling miserable around money. Ken, don't you think that because of our intentions mm-hmm. in our actions, it's leaving a recording that my motives in what I'm about to think, say, or do is mixed with a lot about I, me, and mine. This is all about me at the end of the day. And yes. so that means we haven't really nurtured the soul. We haven't really nurtured our inner being. And so there is a sense of inner scarcity yeah. within mm-hmm. our own personality vibration. Now, I yes. know that in your book you talk about the myth of scarcity. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that for us a little bit more? Yes. I first learned this concept from my friend and mentor, Lynn Twist, who was mm-hmm. so in Hunger Project, and now she's doing Pachamama Alliance to conserve environment. And we are so brainwashed that there's not enough. So we live in a zero-sum uh, society that w- when somebody has more, we have less. So this uh, men- uh, mentality scarcity is almost like a, we're playing a whole big musical chair, and there are not enough chairs. So we are so frustrated and uh, rushed to find the right seat, but that uh, comfortable seat is taken by somebody. So every one of us is feeling life is unfair. So that's the, the picture that we're in. And instead, we have to shift our consciousness into more togetherness. We're all connected. How do we do that? How do we shift that, the consciousness? Yeah, so that is the key is gratitude. When we mm. appreciate about the money coming in, no matter how much that is, you feel blessed. And when you just spend your money, just feeling that uh, the money you're using, spending, is blessing somebody, making somebody abundant, that makes you feel very good. So it doesn't really matter how much you have or how much you make or how much you spend. It's just a matter of gratitude. And as long as yes. you feel gratitude in your life, or as long as you appreciate, all the things appreciate. Mm-hmm. I get that. Oprah Winfrey says that all the time, Ken, that the minute she started to do a gratitude journal, um, her mm-hmm. whole company, her whole life turned around and, and, and it just boomed. It just became a, a big, a big confirmation that if you're mm. grateful for the little things and the big things, it'll just keep flowing. It'll just yeah. keep flowing. Yeah, um, that is exactly the teaching of the one yeah. of the wealthiest men in Japan. And I made it very simple, yeah. more like a Zen Wonderful. way. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in to America Meditating Radio, I'm having a heart-to-heart conversation with best-selling author Ken Honda, and he's got a new book out called Happy Money, the Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. And we're learning all about how to be more grateful and arigato, very thankful about you know the things that we have in our life, and especially the way money comes, but also the way money might go. So, Ken, we feel sometimes that yes. money is the problem. 
you know, a lot of people say that, like you were saying, there isn't a lack. There is a lot of it, but the question is, maybe we're not focusing on the right way. And you say money is not the problem. We're the problem. What do you mean by that? Uh, for example, a lot of people are telling me that they're worried about the money. But when I just uh, talk with them for a few minutes, it's not the money that they're worried about. They're worried about the future with no money because they cannot pay all the bills, they get kicked out of the house, or whatever. But they're afraid of the future with no money. So you have to really differentiate the worry of the money or the worry of the future. They're worried about the future life. So, if, for example, if, if you have more than 50 friends, you don't have to worry about money. I joke about this all the time. So uh, you can ask your friend, number one, to let you stay for one week, and the second week, number two. And if you have 52 friends, after one year, you can come back to friend number one, and then you're financially independent for the rest of your life, right, for example. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you, you're just afraid that something bad is going to happen. So it's nothing to do with money. Because even if you have $5 million in the bank, you cannot feel safe. Uh, for example, I read an article that a wealthy Japanese man who inherited uh, something like $40 million U.S. dollars from his father uh, lost 30 of them. He still has uh, $10 million, but you know what happened to him? He committed what? suicide because he was so depressed about life. And mm. I tell my audience, how would that $10 million in your bank make you feel? Like Everybody says, happy, you know, I, I have no problem. But for him, <laughs> losing $30 million did a you know, big blow to his psyche. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, so it's, can you imagine yeah, it's that, Ken? But Ken, yes, can you imagine please. that you lose $30 million, I get that, but, you know, you still have $10 million in the account and something mm-hmm. in your spirit gets so despondent, so disappointed that, you actually would take your life. That speaks volumes about where we are internally in terms of the way we view ourselves, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So we are so uh, brainwashed around money culturally. It, it's not just American culture. It's the same in China, Japan, yeah. uh, Europe, and all the other countries. We are so afraid of money because we don't know what it is. So that's has been my quest for life since I was like 10, that what is money? And unless you know the answer, you're just uh, frustrated with money. But it's not money. It's about uh, your trust about your future. If you can trust your life 100%, uh, you have no worries. I get that. I know we're coming to a close to our beautiful conversation, and I, I can't end the show unless we talk about the power of love or fear. A lot of us earn or spend money either in fear or in love. And I'll be just very honest with you. The last two years, economically, out of all my decades, I've not worried at all about a penny. And the Uh last two years, a lot had shifted with the runnings of so many things going on around me. And uh, Mm -hmm. we donate a lot as well. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I found that a year had come where we had donated really much more than we were actually coming in but because we had Mm -hmm. lost some donors. Long Mm -hmm. story short, for the first time, Ken, for the first time, I find myself a little bit like, ugh, I I get this pinch, a little bit of a, Mm. what's the word that I want to find? Is it fear or is it, 
uncertainty that might mm-hmm. be connected to fear. But when I have to go into the bank account, I was like, no, I don't want to see it. And it's the first time in decades I've ever felt like that. And I don't necessarily believe I've been developing an an unhappy way of earning or spending. And I find it a very unique place for me to be in. Could mm-hmm. you help me to really look at, you know, what is it? I mean, is there, you know, how do we... How how do we move away from the fear mode of bringing it in or spending it? I can really so- associate with uh, you that, and and before I just share my ideas, I really appreciate mm-hmm. and thank you, Sister Jenna, for being so honest. You're so wonderful and beautiful to be able to talk about this, and it's, it's thank so you. great. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of uh, celebrities talk about this, and I counsel with them, and uh, it's usually the growing pain. You know, um, I think your mm. your size is growing. Uh, as I, I talk about money container, and your mm-hmm. money container is growing, so you have to grow with it. So it, a friend of mine is running a, a non-profit organization, and she used to do about the budget of $1 million, and now she's mm-hmm. doing like $5 million uh, project. And, of course, if you have to, you know, grow your organization to $5 million annual uh, budget from one million. Mm. There's a growing pain. So, Sister Jenna, I think you're in the process of uh, growing, and and <laughs> in order to grow, you have to kind of like shrink first and then grow. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the law of universe. So you're in the shrinking stage. That shows definitely the growth is coming and wait for you and in in total open arms. That I've mm. seen it millions of times. So that means and that um, helped a lot. Great that blessing. A lot. That helped a lot. Thank you. So I bless you in advance because something greater is waiting for you. I can feel accepted. it. Accepted. Accepted. So tell me about the whole thing about the love and the fear then. Is it because when there's the fear, we're really moving into the, the growing mm-hmm. pain stage? Mm-hmm. And how do we recognize it? There is the love quotient in when we're earning and spending it. Is it just a lot of happiness? It's just that uh, I think all it uh, gets boiled down to, I think it's trust and love. For example, mm-hmm. uh, the other day we did uh, money fundraising for the people who lost their homes in Malibu, California, because we have uh, mm-hmm. friends who visited from that area. And then I was you know, talking to people in front of this donation box. And here she comes. She looks 21, 22. And she had uh, equivalent to 30 U.S. dollars. And she wonders if she gives out $10 out of 30 from her wallet. And she said, I have enough money to go back home, so I'll donate this money. That's like one-third of what she has. I thought it's so beautiful. She trusts that she can uh, donate one-third of what she has to charity. That is trust. So um, mm. it doesn't really matter if you have $10 or $10, US, uh, $10 million. There comes a time it challenges you that you choose fear or love. And if you trust the future, you can choose love. So mm. I think it's just a matter of testing your trust. And I think it happens That's to beautiful. everybody. Mm-hmm. That's so, beautiful. Um, yeah. So easy practices when the money comes in, thank the money. And when money leaves, 
thank the money. That's as, as, as easy <laughs> as that. And I recommend everybody. It doesn't cost anything, too. Sure doesn't. It's just for yeah. us to stop being so lazy consciously and really start to do it. Are you uh-huh. on a tour? Are you traveling around America sharing more about happy money? Yes, my book will come out on June 4th, so I'll be probably in North America, but I'm happy uh, with my family in Japan. But I'm uh, looking forward to meeting all the great people in America. I enjoy being in America. I respect this pioneer spirit and uh, um, hospitality of America. So I look forward to um, visiting all, many cities and meeting people and talk about money issues. We share the same problems and same wins at the same time. We are living in such a unique age that our lifestyles are very similar. Mm, I bet they are. They they, they sure are. Well, you know, Ken, I hope you come into Washington, D.C. so we can also host you. And could you leave us with a website that our listeners can get more information about you and your Uh upcoming book? Yes. Right now, I, we are building a website. KenHonda.com is a website. Uh, or Happy Money Movement, you can see what I'm doing. I feel a little shy um, that my, all my pictures are in there, but uh, I'm very excited that you are going to join mm-hmm. us. Happy Money Movement by saying Arigato da Money. So I hope you start today. Well, well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight. Arigato kazamaist, if that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Sister Jenna, for this beautiful, beautiful time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I feel me so too. blessed with talking with you. Me too. Me too, Ken Honda. Thank you so much and all the very best. Thank Take you. care. Thank you very much. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a lovely conversation. And, you know, it is right. We need to be thankful how the money comes and the money goes. We need to be very grateful from the littlest of things to the biggest of things, and to trust and to trust. And boy, am I taking away Ken's words of life for me. It's growing pains. When you go through that moment where it looks like things are shrinking, it's actually your moment to actually expand more. Did everyone get that, which I got? I thought it was very powerful. Well, you know what? I can't end the show without Love and Gratitude, which I'm going to play by Kristen Hoffman. But look, before I close, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Don't forget to look out for Ken Honda when he comes to America. So somehow, some way, follow him on his website. You can go to KenHonda.com or KenHonda.Tokyo and, and keep up with, with Ken. He's got he's got something special there going on. And I think every one of us just wants to have mental peace of mind when it comes on to our financial stability. I know that is a fact. We want to feel secure about not only our present, but also for our future. So trust more. I love that virtue. Trust, trust. If you haven't gotten a copy of my latest album, Your Inner World Guided Meditations, please go on to iTunes or Amazon and let me know what you think about it. It takes you on a really beautiful journey of consciousness and brings you more towards the light. Here's Kristen Hoffman, Love and Gratitude. Take care, everyone.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.